0: Hey, Phil.
1: Hey, Senda.
0: You want to talk about lines and veils?
1: I do, but only up to a certain point. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts recording live tonight, Phil.
0: And I'm your other host who had to figure out the audio. Send up.
1: <laughs> so uh, for our normal Panda listeners who are listening to us in podcast land, we are actually streaming in place of the misdirected Mark tonight uh, because Bob uh, was down with the sickness and we couldn't stream misdirected Mark and we hadn't recorded. So we hijacked the spot. And we are streaming to a live audience while we are recording. And I bring that up only because it is possible that during our talk tonight, the chat room may be speaking to us and we may make reference to people in the chat room. So if that seems a little odd, it is. If it seems a little off, it is. We're doing things a little differently tonight. In fact, even our topic is a little different tonight. So yeah, just stick with us. We're going to fumble our way through this for the remainder of the length of the show, but that's cool. Uh, We got this, right?
0: We totally do. So our topic for tonight is our evolving thoughts on lines and veils. So we've been writing this game called Turning Point. Can I just talk about Turning Point for a second? We've been writing this game called Turning Point, and to be entirely honest, our experiences with it have been pretty emotional generally, and we find that it's a game that can generate that kind of experience... Really well, but that also means that as the people writing the game, um, we have a lot of responsibility to give it the tools to play as safely as it can. Right, like we we can't force anyone. We can't sit at their table and be like, you must do this. Right, but we can in fact, do.
1: In fact, we wrote that in yeah, the safety check.
0: I'm kind of quoting we literally a,
1: can't make you be safe. We can't make you be but safe, but we really want but you to.
0: Please, will you? So it's been an interesting journey because um, turning point happens to track the time period, both writing it and then also just playing and experiencing games during which our thoughts on safety in general have been evolving and we've been thinking about it a lot and how to make it something that you can engage at the table in a real way to be able to have really intense experiences, right?
1: Yeah. And I. so what happened, what had happened was <laughs> that, um, so we've been talking a lot about actually implementing the game at the table. Because right. before we had the quick start out in the summer, we were running this game a lot, like just us. I mean, we were like the only two people running it for a while. Yes. And so when we were writing the, the quick start and you know, as we were writing the manuscript, we were really focused on, how do you actually play the game? Not just what are the rules for Turning Point, but like, how do you actually do it? Like, how do you make it happen at the table? And, you know, we've run, both of us have run many, many sessions of it for many, many different people. And for the most part, like we combined kind of all of our experiences to kind of really hone down what to do, including the safety part, right? So we've, we we have baked the safety of the game into the game itself, right? So each dilemma has a safety section that you do a safety check, right? Which includes lines and veils. And what we noticed is that there were a couple different ways people do lines and veils. Right. And as we talked about them, we were kind of like, uh, I don't yeah, know, like, like, what is, neither what is our recommendation?
0: They both sound good and we understand why they exist. But like, what is our feel about lines and veils right
1: right and 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 i and I say this because I know I know what I say at the table
0: yes, right me too uh,
1: right and i and i and and I use lines and veils in other games as well, so like my home groups I often do lines and veils with as well when I'm starting up a new game, and so I also know what I say right a lot of times when I'm doing lines and veils, and so what I thought we'd do first is talk a little bit about kind of like a quick review. I'll do a definition of what lines and veils are and the two traditional ways that people implement them. Yeah. And then I thought what we could do is then we have a few points that you and I had discussed that um, were just kind of ideas that we had about lines and veils and that we would just kind of talk them out loud. And so I guess to qualify this, this is us thinking out loud uh, and brainstorming with each other. Yeah. This is not our, you know hard and fast one true way way of doing lines and veils? Like I don't think that there is a one true way for pretty much anything. So we're just going to talk about lines and veils as we're thinking about it. The chat rooms actually here they may have their own thoughts about it and challenge what we're saying or agree with what we're saying, etc. And um, when we get to the end of the episode, we'll either be where we think we are or maybe we'll have in discussion changed our points.
0: Yeah, it's entirely possible. It could kind of go any direction. And one of the key things just for us to say, I think even before we start talking about it is this episode is like us discussing our evolving thoughts on Lines and Veils. And even once we're done recording it, our thoughts may continue to evolve, right? And like there's there's a lot of safety discussion happening in the tabletop game community in general right now. And uh, just to add right onto what phil was saying 100 to speak with absolute clarity i don't think that either of us think that like we are the be-all end-all like even approaching <laughs> on safety right but it's a cool no. conversation to have and it's a cool thing to think about and being able to talk about it um kind of knowing that like you know Things are going to continue to progress, and people's thoughts about this stuff are going to continue to change, and everybody's going to continue to evolve as we find more and better ways to do this stuff. That's cool. So this is a snapshot in time of where we are tonight. Ooh.
1: Which which is a long way of saying, do not jump on our ass on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and yell at us about this, because... We're merely thinking out loud here.
0: Right. And if Feel- it's, if this episode, you're listening to it like five years from now and you're like, how could they even say that? Like, yeah, this is a product of its time because this is where we are right now in time space. It- Exactly.
1: (laughs) All right. So with all that, with all our disclaimers set aside, my final disclaimer is while we do not consider ourselves experts in safety, I do not think we consider ourselves rookies at safety either. We've actually spent a lot of time talking, thinking, and um, implementing safety tools in a variety of ways. Yep, And uh, we feel pretty comfortable with them. Okay. With that all set aside, I will quickly just uh, do a review of lines and veils and we'll talk about the two ways to do them. I think I'll just ask you to do one and I'll do the other when we get to it. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. All right. So lines and veils is a safety tool that can is obviously composed of two parts. The line is things that we will not cross during the course of the game. So if something is set up as a line, we expect it to never happen in the game. So for instance, I often have a line in my game of violence against children. Mm-hmm. It's just not a thing. I, I, it's not a thing I need in any of my games, right? So um, we just don't. I just most times line it right out of my games and it just does not come up.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Conversely, we then have veils. Now, veils are things that we are comfortable having in the game, but we don't want them to be in any detail. So the concept of it we are comfortable with, but an in in-depth exploration of it we are less comfortable with. Yes.
0: I, my favorite way to describe it is that veils are things that can happen off screen, but not on screen, right?
1: hmm Exactly. So for instance, one of my typical veils is sex. Yeah. I'm very comfortable having sex as a component uh, in my game, Yeah, but I don't need anyone Graphically describing what's happening between characters, like I'm very cool with. She pulls her close. She kisses her. We go off camera Faint to black. <laughs> there we go, and it's perfect. Yeah. Okay, all right. So now that what that tool does, right? That tool helps us establish boundaries in our game, right? It's a boundary setting tool, right? It says these topics are not allowed in. These topics are allowed in up to a point, and. By default, if it is not listed, then it's considered fair game. And I'm going to put an asterisk on that. Right. Because right? like, that's
0: part of what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's part of what we're talking about. Right. But, if you know, if I've got stuff written down on a card, do not put these things in. And I've got stuff written down for veils. Put these things in, but don't do them on screen. And I don't have and I have nothing else written. I can. My only thing I can do is in the moment assume that those are my boundaries yes okay cool so there are two ways that people implement these and I have done both Mm -hmm. I think you have too I have right okay so I'll do the first one which is uh, how I normally do it which is I just simply ask people in a group does anyone have any lines and and then you know we write them down and does anyone have anything they would like veiled and then we write them down Right. We'll contrast the two because you should talk about what the other one is um, and we'll talk about the differences between them.
0: So the other one is to basically hand out pieces of paper or something to write on and have everyone write down their lines and their veils. And then as the GM, collect those back and then read them back to the group so that they aren't necessarily associated with a specific person. Right. Which is the key. That's the key difference.
1: That's the key difference, right? So the key difference is that uh, no one has to own what they put in the line or what they put in the veil. Yep. Um, There, so there's a couple. So that's an advantage, right? So it it takes um, it takes the people part, like who's got what things out. But the like one like so one disadvantage it has, like I've noticed, is that everybody writes their stuff down on the card. Not all. Not everybody's handwriting is equal. Right. <laughs> so, like, sometimes. That wasn't even like, you're what looking, I was
0: thinking about. Carry on. Right. But
1: sometimes you, but sometimes you like look and you're like, like, what, what word is that? And then, like, I don't want to have to out anyone. Right. And like, be like, did somebody put, you know, fire? <laughs> or, oh, is that frogs? Like, <laughs> like, because then the person actually has to be like, somebody at the table has to be like, uh, it's frogs, and then like you've ruined the whole point of putting out the cards,
0: right? Because that person had to come forward. That person just and now had the rest to out them themselves. Didn't. Yeah, that was actually right. um, the thing that I have experienced with that way is um, when people write something down and you aren't sure exactly what it encompasses, right? Like because sometimes yes. it's not like spiders or like sexual violence, right? Like that's the one that I usually put down as a line. Sometimes it's like things with parents like yeah okay, then okay. Like, well, so what, like do we well, are our parents entirely lined out of the game? Is it fights with parents? Is it like, you know <clears throat> you know so exactly. sometimes it's like, okay, I need a little bit more specificity because I don't know exactly where this boundary is. But like and then, yep. so that ends up leading to the same problem, because if you ask for or get more specificity, then you have again done the thing where, you know, they had to say it in front of everybody, which the, 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 the purpose of doing it on paper like that is to is, is so to people don't have to. Do to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They people don't have to justify or have their things tagged to them.
0: Right. It's a it's a it's a solution for the peer pressure issue at the table. Right. Like. Absolutely. Is the idea.
1: I mean, or some, you know, and also it gives like some anonymity, right? Because yeah. like maybe I don't want people like to ask me later, like, what's your deal with spiders, Phil?
0: Right. Or frogs. Right. Or fire. Neither fire. it's giraffes. Fire. I frogs. hate giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So those are the two traditional ways. And so here's um here's where we started to think about lines and veils a little differently, right? One of the things that Um, has come up, and I've seen it discussed on Twitter, and you and I have discussed it um, separately, like, you know, hanging out and stuff like that, is the idea that having to list all of your lines, especially if some of them are traumatic, and and not have them come up in the game, like, not that they don't come up in the game because it's a boundary, but literally there's no, there's pretty much no way they're going to come up in the game. Yes. Right? But having to list it anyway... Is its own like can be its own form of of trauma, right? Like, hey, I need you to write down all the things you've been traumatized by, but you know, we're basically playing tune the RPG.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because sexual violence is probably not something that's gonna come up in that game.
1: Correct. So there becomes an idea, and this is I think our first our first topic point, that lines and veils could be contextual. To the content of the game.
0: Right. And I think that it's contingent on, as a table, having a good understanding of what content you expect from the game. Um, Yes. Which, if we talk about Turning Point again, that's why we have, we basically have content warnings on all of them. Like, here are the kinds of things that we can imagine might come up in this dilemma, right?
1: And dilemmas are very narrow. Yeah. Right? So dilemmas are very narrow. It's very clear, like, hey, if we're playing new drug, we're talking about chronic illnesses and medicine and families and things like that. Right. Um,
0: So if that's a problem, then we can, you know, A, we could just not play that one. Or B, you can line out those specific things because you know that they might come up. Right? You know, going in, like, this could come up if we let it. And so I'm just going to say right now, I don't want it to have this. Right. I don't yeah. want this to be one of the possibilities, whatever this is.
1: And so the the idea for this is that if you have something that's very traumatic and you need it lined, but you know that the game isn't the intention for that game isn't to go into that space. Yeah. Do you and again, this is a personal thing based on you know the person who's doing it. But do you need to list it as a line? Yeah. Now, I will say personally, I think there are some cases where if something is traumatic enough and you are comfortable enough saying it, that sure, you can just put it in every game you play. Like, right. I'm very comfortable no matter what game we're playing. I just, you know, and sometimes I do it just as an example setting as well, that I always put no violence towards children. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't have any history of violence towards children in my background at all, Um, but it's just a thing I'm like super uncomfortable with because I'm a parent, right? Yes. But I like that for me, that's an always like I always put that one in for a line. But for instance, I do actually have a problem with PvP and betrayal. Yeah. As as you well know. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I, I I actually do have a problem with that, but. I have a problem with that in games where that's not expected to happen.
0: Right. I mean, again, that gets back to having that conversation as a table so that you like know what to kind of expect from the game, or even just having an understanding of what the game is. And sometimes that means you have to have a conversation at the table. Sometimes, like Pasion de la Pasiones, it means we've been talking about this game for years. Like I was not under any impression that you might not know what kind of thing you were getting into, right?
1: No, no. And based on the content of the game, I was like, oh "Oh, no. Oh no. I'm fine with betrayal in this This
0: game. This is, we're all going to betray each other. (laughs) Right. But
1: if we were, for instance, playing Headspace, (laughs) right? And somebody like decided to, you know, you know, do a betrayal, like I would actually have a problem with that. And we're going to get to in-game problems in a second. So there's an argument for, and I think this is part of where our, our thought was, is that, like, as you are setting up lines and veils, that you're not personally required to list all your traumas, things you're uncomfortable with, etc., onto the card. Like, whether it's anonymous or whether it's a group activity, you're, you, you don't have to put them on if contextually you think they won't come up in the game, asterisks, uh-huh. because that is contingent on the fact that there is a consent-revoking tool included in your safety kit yes i.e x card
0: right or something like that yeah. right so that if x card support flower
1: okay check-in um something script change yes right all of them have a consent consent revoking aspect okay so assuming that there's a consent revoking aspect because lines and veils i don't actually think is safe enough
0: not by itself
1: um, Right. Nor yep. do I think X card is safe enough.
0: Not by itself. <laughs> um, correct. So
1: if those two are if those two are paired up together, X card and lines and veils,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then a person has a a the person has a chance to decide, and should have the chance to decide. I will tell you about this line because based on the description of this game, I think there's a good chance this is going to come up in the game. You know, and I'll and I'll put that as my line. And then conversely, I have this other thing. I'm not going to put it down on the card right now because I don't really like talking about it with people. But if it starts to come up in the game, I can X.
0: Right. Or recently, I've been even just, you know, saying straight up, like, hey, if you start to feel like we're headed in the direction of anything that you didn't bring up for Lines and Veils, like, that's fine. We don't have to hit the point of consent revoking To add something to our lines and veils list right like you can be like oh man now there's a frog in this story and I specifically have a thing about frogs going you know down people's shirts I don't this is a terrible example (laughs) but sure but like okay I didn't expect there to be a frog in this game at all so we didn't put down anything about frogs but, now, but there, like to now. now that there is a frog in play, here are the things that I have concerns with about frogs that we should just get down on paper, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think that you hit on something um, <laughs> that, that is actually part of our first point, which yes. is the concept of the living document. Like, I think that there's a lot of times where people set up lines and veils and it's like okay cool we have our lines and veils now we're done forever
0: um, they're cut right, into the d- tablets and they shall stand here this momentous lines and veils and ne'er shall they be changed
1: right which in a one shot um maybe is is entirely possible they but in a not. campaign yeah. in a campaign like It's pretty specific to try to say, like, we've nailed up all of our lines and veils in session zero. For the next six um, months. (laughs) The next six months, year, whatever. Yeah. So I do actually like the idea that lines and veils is a living document and that it can grow during the course of play yeah okay i'm just gonna take a quick look at the chat room Mm because there are a couple yeah there's a couple of cool things yeah so Ange says i think that may be why i have trouble with lines and veils. sometimes i generally avoid games that are in genres or descriptions that i already know i don't want to deal with which is perfect right yeah that's what that's actually what content warning is for (laughs) is if content if you read the if you read the description of a game and you're like "Mm, not for me perfect right then that's like that that saves you a whole bunch of headache
0: right i mean it's really interesting because i definitely avoid games like that too and i actually find that i use lines and veils to get really specific about boundaries much more with my home group doing one shots and stuff because we start getting into like cool we're going to explore these like wild edges of emotional stuff like suddenly it's really important to me that, you know, parental death is a line, like that's not a thing that's going to happen, whether it's happening to my character, someone else's character, whether it's like my character's children, like that's not a thing that I can handle in a game, Um, or that I necessarily want to, like maybe there will be a game someday where I approach it with that, you know, concept and that specific thing to have that experience. But like that's a bunch of therapy at the table that I don't need my friends to do for me. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah,
1: like, absolutely. That's
0: not cool. It's not cool for people to not know going in that that's a thing when it's a possibility that it might come up. And I've played a couple of games where I did have to specifically say that because it might have come up. Right? Like, um, I played yeah. a game with when in which our characters were husband and wife, and he had been taken over by the dark, like the darkness of the universe. Um, And it was slowly eating him from the inside out and he was not going to be himself at some point. And so my superhero magical girl had to, you know, like, oh, I can't even say it. But like so but one of the conversations we had before we started that game is, will there be children? And I was like, no. No. Because I can't handle it if the children lose their father. Like, I can't do that part. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, like, that was a situation in which that line specifically had to come up contextually because we knew the end point of that game before we ever started. Anyway, that was a long rant to tag onto what the end of Ange said.
1: (laughs) Well, and I'm just looking at Ange's other part, right? Which is another issue um, that Ange has is that people always feel like they have to say something. When it comes up, so you end up with a list of stuff that may or may not actually be important to avoid, which I think is what we were trying to get to, right? Right. I had a very specific example, uh, which is what was got me talking to you about this, where I did the anonymous lines and veils, right, and got back a whole ton of lines, yeah, and like looked at them and was like, no judgment on who put down what for lines, but but was like, most of these are not coming up in this in in this game because. That's not what anything of the scope of this game is about. Yeah. And I was like, cool, these are all our lines, and I read through them, but I pretty much knew, like, these aren't going to come up. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then I just wanted to see Eric said, one of my absolute lines has to come up at the beginning rather than being X carded, which is please no character accents to represent nationalities or ethnicities. Oh, that's really good, Eric. That has actually been in my home group, a table rule forever because no one I know does accents well. So I don't let anyone do accents because one, they're insensitive 2 they're totally fourth wall breaking when they're terrible. Like, I had a friend of mine years and years ago in the 90s who made a Russian spy for our Connex game, and he arrived at the session and started his Russian accent, and in 10 minutes, I was like, okay, stop. You can't. Yeah. Like, we all just know your character has a Russian accent. Right. We're all good. You got it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, nobody can, like, I. It, one, it was just a really bad accent, which, again, turns out to be insensitive, but two, it was just impossible to listen to. Yeah. So so I do actually think right to be clear I think that there are some things that are perfectly fine I'm not saying that you sit down and never write down a line or a veil and only use the X card to create your boundaries.
0: Yeah no 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 no. No right? that's are, definitely not there what There are saying. definitely some things especially we're just saying those initial lines and veils you should have the option to narrow them down a little bit more contextually based on what the game is about. But something like people doing accents that really could come up like in any game,
1: every game, totally could the Scottish dwarven accent. It it
0: applies everywhere. Right? Like, and that's fine. But, but you know, but clowns might not. Right? Like if you have a fear of clowns and you want to put that down as a line, like contextually for the game, that may or may not be an issue.
1: Right, In my tune game, it is, it's a, something it is you a very should put down. likely. Yeah. Right. In my DCC game, it is
0: not less likely, super likely.
1: <laughs> but not off the table for DCC. Sure. Right? But if um, you're
0: playing, say, Turning Point, then I'm hard pressed. Uh, like, it would have to go, it would have to take a pretty hard turn into a circus or something to make that yeah. happen. Right. And that's, yep. that's where Lines and Veils as a living document would come up because if we started off and you didn't say clowns, Because you're going to play something about your dream job, which has nothing to do with circuses, but then suddenly we end up with a scene that is taking place at a circus. When that scene is set up, then you can be like, hey, actually, I have another line that I would like to add. Let's just make sure clowns stay out of this. Okay, cool. Cool.
1: Cool. Which brings us to our second topic, right? Yes. Which is adding lines during the game without consent revoking tools. Yes. So you just... (laughs) So you just nailed that to a T, right? Where all of a sudden the game takes a turn and suddenly a line that you did not list or maybe it's a line you didn't even
0: You might not have known. You had it. Yeah, you may right, <laughs> That's you may fine. not be
1: walking around with a full list of all the lines that you don't want to yeah. talk about, but like all of a sudden somebody's like, "Cool, I'm going to set this um, I'm going to set the scene up. You know what? I'm going to set it up at a circus." And all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa." Like now, this thing I am uncomfortable about has just surfaced. So you brought it up great, right? Like you can totally, without having to hit an X card, simply say, hey, turns out clowns is kind of a line for me. I, You know, and amend the lines document. And by amend, I mean actually take the card. Yep, write,
0: write it write down. the
1: word clowns on mm-hmm. it. And now the game includes clowns. And then the person who's setting up that scene would be like, cool, not clowns.
0: But Um, now we can have, you know, trapeze artists, like, yeah, you can still have this scene and it will be fine without involving clowns. But since we started to get close to a line there, now I know where a new boundary is and I can stay within that boundary.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. So that is absolutely a thing, right? That's absolutely a thing that can happen and should happen. Right. You can always amend lines and veils again, because we are now talking about this as a living document. Yeah. And you don't need to X card. Right to get there right. you can get there ahead of the x card
0: in fact i i think it's kind of preferable because then hopefully we've avoided the part where you had to discover the hard way the awful way that there's a thing that you do not want to have in the right. game by having it appear in the game
1: <laughs> or you might be able to have saved yourself from editing a scene yes right so like if, if 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 we're just setting up the scene and i say and i say circus and you say oop, no, no clowns. clowns yep and I say no problem. Going to do? Th- I'll do it with you know, as the trapeze artists are going back and forth. Yeah. Then we're good. Yeah. Right. And we've amended. Right. I, I'm looking at our time. Yep. Being I mindful just of our time. I- too. Oh gosh. <laughs> right. I'm being mindful of our time. I'm going to add our last point in, yep. which is growing your lines and veils document when you have actually used a consent revoking tool. Yes. So that so, is,
0: if I can say it, that's when someone yep. says, "I'm going to set this in a circus," and you say, I no." I can't do circuses,
1: right? Or if we want to be funny about it, we're sitting down to play a game, and somebody says malls, and Robin says no,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Right, no malls, no malls. Yeah, um,
0: those are the those are the boundaries y- you discover by running into them.
1: And 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 I guess my point is with with consent revoking, is that one consent revoking tool is a great real time tool for editing content. Right, content comes up, and immediately you're like, nope, X card, right, and it takes it out. But there's a secondary step that should occur that we don't talk about because the X card doesn't talk about lines and veils and lines and veils doesn't talk about X cards, Yeah. which is if you have X carded something in the game, you probably should amend your lines and veils to place that content into the correct bin. Is it a line?
0: Or is it a veil? Did it need
1: to be veiled? what right so the consent consent revoking tool is a great real time activity to tell us to remove something from the game but when that happens we should update our boundaries yeah and the problem is while many people have done a very good job of talking about individual tools a place where and i think we did an okay job of this in writing the turning point manuscript but what we really need to now start talking about is how do you integrate tools to create a culture of safety? Yeah, and not just have safety tools on the table um, in your game, mm-hmm. like. And that is a much bigger topic than we can cover.
0: Certainly not um, after fifty minutes of recording. <laughs> no, and it might be something that
1: we'll do in a future. It might be something we'll do in a future episode. The idea of a culture of safety. The idea of how to look at um, integrating safety tools to create a, a a a single experience, but before we head out, I just wanted to note one place where lines and veils are being done really well, and that is the D and AP that uh, Asian represents. Mm-hmm. They have a lines and veils, and they actually review it each session. Yeah, was, which is actually a really thing cool. I don't even like. Yeah. it's a thing I don't do with my group. Which I should, and I might not need to review it each session because I kind of know my players. Like I have the same players for years now; I kind of know their lines and veils. It is actually a thing that I'm failing on, right? Like I'm not doing it. But I wanted to just call out that D and D AP because that, you know, if you're if you're listening to it or want to go listen to it, that's a great way to see lines and veils as a living document.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, good.
1: Cool. Are are you cool?
0: Yeah, I'm cool.
1: Okay. So then, hey. Before we head out to the closing of the show, why don't you tell us about another show on the Misdirector Mark Network?
0: Yeah, on bonus experience, Ray and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity, while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. Margaret.
1: Right. Margaret. (laughs)
0: Margaret. Come edit my show.
1: (laughs) Say Senda. Where can people reach us on the internet?
0: Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums. Um, or you can drop us an email, panda at And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, or they remember to write down our email address, what can they do with that information?
1: Please, please, please. Please, please send us your topics. Unlike this episode where we had our own original thought for a show, we mostly just do topics when you tell us to do them. We're like a trained seal. Like <laughs> we, we bark, uh, you toss uh, us a topic, uh, uh. we balance it on our nose.
0: And then we um, eat it.
1: And then we get rewarded with some (laughs) amount of uh, with some amount of fish. So please, please send us your topics. We really do actually love to do the shows that um, about the things that you find important. Uh, And the only way we know what you're thinking about is if you share it with us. So share it with us. We'll make a show out of it. I promise we're pretty good at it.
0: I mean, we made Uh, a show out of this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but this one was our
0: topic. I know we could talk about it for a long time.
1: I don't push. I know. I don't push our topic. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of goodies. The bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from Misdirected Mark, access to our amazing Slack channel full of some of the best humans you will find. And I'm not even talking about the host. I'm talking about the, <laughs> um, the real humans, not the ai hosts right you know that, that are on the shows.
0: stop <laughs> um, stop giving away our secrets phil
1: <laughs> but but seriously some of the best humans i i personally know and love uh you can come play minecraft with us you can uh do all sorts of things occasionally we like to shower gifts upon our patrons and we've been a little negligent in that only because we're kind of in the new year and we haven't really fired something up we do actually have something i just have to get tim jones moving on getting the graphics finished for it, and then uh, we're gonna shower a little game um, upon our patrons because we love them. So uh, we also like to shout out to our patrons, but for speed tonight, because we have gone so long, so long, uh, we are going to we are going to do a blanket shout out to all of our patrons and just thank them in general for supporting the show. Your support goes a long way. It makes all of this possible. Mike's hosting bandwidth, <laughs> all of that stuff. We really couldn't do it without your support.
0: Seriously, thank you.
1: I talked about before that we balance the topic ball on our nose and perform. <laughs> do I need
0: to do the seal impression um, again? <laughs> the, way,
1: the way that you can throw us fish Besides patroning our campaigns, there's another fish that we also really like that makes us super happy. And it goes part of our 2020 marketing strategy, which basically consists of this. If you listen to the show, you will love us and you will listen to other shows. But we need help getting people to listen to the show. And there is one way that bubbles us up to the top. What is that way?
0: You could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. And every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, which is fantastic. And it makes us as happy as if we're getting fish treats because, you know, artistic validation. And uh, if you are leaving it somewhere that is not the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, because there are many, 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 many places. And to see the not U.S. store, we have to do some special things things then you should let us know because then we will go read it and then we will be very happy like we got our fish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: very happy say senda
0: Mm -hmm.
1: show me how you're going to update your lines and veils in the middle of your next one shot
0: oh yeah This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, 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 show me what you got. Bloop! Yay! Click, 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 click,
1: I have waveforms.
0: Ooh, this is interesting. I think I might be picking up some of your waveforms. Just a teeny, teeny bit, but I think I can fix that in post.
1: Noise gate that thing out.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna.
1: Bloop. I like that Bob's like, hmm, I wonder what happened in twenty thirteen when they finally won the gold. Like we got an <laughs> editor. I think we got that's an what editor. Bob's sent to. An
0: editor by the name of Bob? <laughs> yes.
1: Bloop. All right, so pre-show time. I was in Dallas uh all this past uh weekend. Um yep. I was there on a sad family note, right? I had a um my uncle passed away and the memorial, um the memorial was um uh, on Saturday, but um I did get to go to Dallas um and reconnect with a whole bunch of family, which was super cool. Um and I went to a Bucky's. We should talk about Bucky's for a few minutes.
0: <laughs> I I saw the picture and I'm mildly horrified by it like
1: uh Bucky's is about the most Texas <laughs> thing. I I mean if, if somebody asked like could you could you encapsulate Texas into like one space, I, I would say Bucky's Um Bucky's is a um, gas station convenience store that is like the size of a small grocery store. Um, It had 80 gas pumps, which also made me wonder how much gas you have to store underneath one in order to have 80 gas pumps, right? Like like literally a lake of gas.
0: If there is a zombie apocalypse and you you need gas, apparently the place to be is Texas.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let me just clarify, because Rob was asking if I said 80. Yes. It was uh, two pumps, 40 lanes Whoa. long. Um, I, I just, so 80 total gas pumps. The, um, uh, the inside <laughs> had everything from homemade fudge to uh, roasted nuts to a kitchen to a beef jerky uh, emporium, uh, a barbecue... Um, uh, area where like they made like, like brisket um, and sandwiches and stuff, uh, sodas, knickknacks, trinkets, uh, Bucky's uh, branded items, like little, like the little stuffed animal beaver and things like that. And, and I'm, I'm not, I, I cannot emphasize this, the cleanest bathrooms I have ever seen in my life. I have never seen a gas station bathroom so large, so bright, so clean. You could have had a picnic on the floor of this bathroom. And one, you would not have been in anyone's way, for starters. (laughs) And two, it was totally spotless. Like It really is just a sight to behold. Anyone who's uh, been through Texas or from Texas as they're listening to this is just nodding their head going, "Uh uh-huh, of course. But I... I've never seen anything like it, and it is the most Texas thing I've ever seen. It is it is large to the size of ridiculousness, and no trucks allowed. So it's only for cars.
0: It's not even a truck stop.
1: It's not even a truck stop. It is I, literally just a gas station.
0: I just have been working on the assumption that there had it had to also function as a truck stop because nothing else could justify this kind of extreme like it makes me think of a truck stop that we always stopped at on my on on, when i was a kid driving back from my grandmother's house um in indiana that was like it had like a diner in it and it was a truck stop and we always got the fresh made fudge from the counter and i made my parents buy me troll dolls um yeah Right, but like it's, it was. I I keep picturing that, but like three times bigger, and like trying to imagine three times bigger that without the trucks.
1: Bloop. Um. I also got some beef jerky and uh, some things called beaver nuggets, which I think are like corn pop things, like they're I guess
0: sweet you're gonna corn find out. kind of things.
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'll tell you next week because I'm um I'm I'm gonna put them out for my DCC game on Thursday. Bloop. Beaver Nuggets is the Ditch Lily's nemesis band.
0: Oh man. Beaver Nuggets. They were so bad too. Like they thought they were good. I don't know. Like I, I knew some people who liked the beaver nuggets super the Nuggets. They're actually banned in Oklahoma. Like,
1: like they're literally yeah. not allowed to they're not allowed to play in the state of Oklahoma uh, after what happened at the Oklahoma State Fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean
0: Not to mention I mean, which they're crap.
1: I mean, yes, they're totally they're totally crap. They were one Just of those uh, country crossover bands
0: Right, um, they, they wanted to be the Dixie Chicks when they grew up.
1: They did, but they didn't. But you really can't like there. So there's a limit of how many electric fiddles you can
0: have in a band.
1: And they clearly exceeded the number of electric, electric fiddles, fiddles that you can yeah. have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that number is actually one. So like four was overkill, you yeah, know?
1: Yeah, four was completely overkill. <laughs> you actually cannot make a band of just electric fiddles. Um, right. Well they
0: had the one and, electric and, and you know banjo.
1: <laughs> right. It was, it, was it was a mess. It was a mess. It was a hot mess. But mess. it was during I don't that even... it it was during that time with the um with the crossover uh, you know, that country rock crossover thing. Shania it's mostly Shania Twain's fault. Like that's
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know.
1: As is most things.
0: I mean, um, the rivalry definitely started when they did that really bad um they did that really horrible collaboration <laughs> and ended up getting played a lot. That was so bad.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was pretty ugly. It was
0: like the Ditch Lilies did not go with that for electric fiddle sound. Like that's no, just not
1: No, and even worse, work. like when they tried to remake The Devil Went Down to Georgia, like <laughs> a, a song that requires no remaking whatsoever. whatsoever. But yeah. Um, it was too much fiddle. Too, like too much fiddle, bit, yeah,
0: bit more fiddle,
1: <laughs> bit more fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can have you eaten cheese yet?
0: Um, I have, I have eaten small quantities of cheese. I haven't eaten anything where cheese was the primary like thing.
1: Okay, you're, you're like. Easing your way back in.
0: Well, I ended up having a frozen pizza the other night because literally there wasn't any other food, and I was like, and then I ate it, and I was like, I just I didn't want this; it's got too much cheese. Um. So yeah, but I had um, I had tacos. I put shredded a little bit, little bit of shredded cheese on my tacos,
1: like a little bit. I I, I did too. A normal um, amount. I I, so the memorial service because my uncle was not a um, religious man by any stretch of the imagination, um, and he did not want any kind of um, ceremony like that. So we had a luncheon at his um, favorite Mexican restaurant. Um, So we like rented out like one of the side rooms, but so they had like a full buffet, like taco buffet and stuff. And so I did have some cheese and a little bit of queso.
0: Yeah, but see, that's different. That's different than like a just a serious like a fistful. A fistful of cheese.
1: Deep fried. Deep
0: fried. Like, what? Is... <laughs> Bloop. Yeah, I mean, I think the only cam- kombucha that you've tried, really, was that really strange one at the hotel in Toronto last year.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really try it. You were like, here, try it. But you were still pretty sick. So I just like kind of put it to my lips and I was like, I don't know.
0: It was like like, I have lived under the illusion.
1: It was like warm. It was like none of it seemed like a good idea. It wasn't ideal. You were like really out of it, so like I I didn't want like I just I was just like hang on. Mm, mm, Yeah, Mm, I see what you mean. You lied to me.
0: So you've never actually had kombucha ever,
1: but I think that's to my advantage because I think if I had actually <laughs> drank the one in Toronto, I would be less terrible. favorable of trying kombucha. It was, kombucha. Pretty, te- it was yeah. pretty
0: terrible. I was drinking it because I was had uh, was recently off antibiotics and was trying to recultivate the buggies in my yes. uh, in my tumtums. Bloop.
1: Yes, <laughs> very excellent, very scientific definition. <laughs> the buggies in my tum-tum.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry I don't know What do you Highly call Highly
1: scientific terms <laughs> The bacteria flora Of your digestive like, like tract like the
0: flora yes. Of my tum <laughs> Like My gut My gut life
1: Baby needed, Baby steps there I
0: needed baby to get My gut My gut life back my my colony is my little aliens gut
1: life was an actual failed disney movie um, a gut life yeah it was uh, a gut it was life. it was a failed movie about the paramecium living in a stomach <laughs> totally it was a, it was a disaster it did not do well uh, domestically or internationally
0: and then they decided to just retell the story but with ants instead
1: yeah oh, yeah. P-Pixel in fact actually the when rights. they redid it with when they yeah. redid it with bugs it like took right off. <laughs> <Bloop>. mm. <laughs> the buggies in my tum tum is the worst Beaver Nuggets album of all
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> <Bloop>. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh so boy! We, now Somebody's we've got gonna have to edit all this yeah, audio. Yeah, like fourteen and it's minutes of minutes, which nonsense. Means it's you. I I'm anime tears. Tears of anime streaming from my eyeballs.
1: All right, you want to you actually do the show part?
0: Yeah, we could do the show part.
1: Okay. Are, are you ready to I'm gonna begin burp. the pre-show process?
0: <laughs> Hang on. I'm drinking all of this kombucha, and it's bubbly.
1: <laughs> They're all waiting for you.
0: I know. It doesn't help. I can't decide if I'm going to burp or not, so we're just going to get started, and then we'll see what happens.
1: It'll be easier. If we get started, then you definitely will burp, <laughs> yeah. so... That'll definitely happen.
0: This is way worse with people watching. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bloop. Meow. Meow.
1: I made the face. Yeah, yeah,
0: you did. (laughs) But when you say that you made the face, it defeats the purpose of meowing because we're not supposed to say anything after you meow.
1: (laughs) We got to do it again.
0: Yeah, we got to do it again. You better meow first. Uh Uh-huh there's there's
1: there's people here oh my
0: god you have Zoo, to do. you have to do the muppet, <laughs> do the muppet
1: <laughs> head <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> everybody got to share in these moments with me i don't know so, why i don't know what you have against giraffes
1: they're pretty snotty <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll get into that in the outtakes like okay this. And get into giraffes later. I used to be really. I used to have a much bigger chip on my shoulder, and then I saw them fight with swinging those heads, and I was like, mm, "You know what? Maybe I'll just cut these guys some space." <laughs> that, that swinging head thing looks pretty dangerous. Anyway, um,
0: I don't. I don't know what's happening here. Okay, where were you we?
1: Open the can on giraffes. I'm just saying. Okay, you
0: open the can on giraffes. <laughs>
1: I dropped an innocuous statement and in. you decided to go chasing after it and find you, then, then you found out what happened.
0: I apparently giraffes are a line for games for you. <laughs> I was, Good point. All right. <laughs> Surprise. Show, 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 show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show uh, me uh. what you got. I now, liked how you turned show me how you are a line.
1: Yes. Into something. Into
0: an actual question.
1: It's not the first time I've written this show. But for the sake of your own sanity, let's let's keep let's keep the stream going.
0: Right, we can keep the stream going. But let's let's kill our let's kill the recording.
1: Good God! stop. Stop.